Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, where you will find messages from various speakers here at Eastgate House of Prayer Mission Base, both a house of prayer and a praying church. We pray that you are blessed through this message and that a greater measure of truth is revealed to you as you listen. I'm prophesying to you now that we've shifted into a season of a massive breakthrough. I believe it with all of my heart for this region and for this nation. The Lord gave me a dream a few nights back. And as many of you know that have known if you've been tracking with our messages over, let's say, the past month, we've been going, well, really the Lord's been going after some things, amen? You know, we started out by a nice light topic of going after lawlessness within the heart of the church. Okay? Just a simple light topic. And then after that, we went after strongholds. Strongholds being the blinders that we have, ways of thinking that we function in, and we don't even know that we have these filters on that keep us, they hinder us from seeing the fullness of what God has for us. So... For some of us, it might have been a surprise that every one of you, every one of us have strongholds. But the good news is, God is going after them, amen? So he's been going after them and we turned that into a prayer after after that teaching. We turned it into a prayer for the next 30 days. We're praying. How many people have been praying? You know, as the grace allows, yeah. Okay, so a lot of you have been praying. As a community, we're agreeing together and asking God to tear down the strongholds within us. I wake up in the morning and I'm saying, God, would you remove the strongholds in my life? Those things that hinder love, where I'm blinded, where I don't see, I think I see, but I'm not seeing clearly. God, would you remove them from me? We've been pressing into that day and night, been doing that. So last week we touched on, leaned into the idea. I was, I was supposed to bring, the message was supposed to be about biblical submission. Yeah, that's about how it went down. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, you know, it's one of the things that I believe this generation struggles with the most. But it's one of the things that the Lord is going to restore that is going to unlock the greatest dimension of authority manifest that the planet has ever seen. Because the point is, you will not ever have any significant measure of authority without biblical submission, being submitted to God. It's just the way it works. Here is one of the biggest hindrances in our generation is that the only, I shouldn't say the only, in a big way, the only uh, exposure that we've had, we've grown up in it, if you're alive, you've grown up in a fallen creation with broken people 
who have broken have been broken there's been a break a breach made where we've lost the place of what it means to live and be fully submitted under the authority of God and so all we've seen growing up is a perversion of authority come on abuse anybody man I knew it growing up it's all I remember actually you know it's just broken fractured authority therefore a perversion of authority a perversion of love what love really is and so it gets all twisted and the Lord says I'm going to restore this to the planet But in order to understand the, in order to understand biblical submission, the beauty of it, because I'm telling you, biblical submission is the most beautiful thing. And I would like to, uh, our hearts won't, we won't wrap our hearts in faith around biblical submission until we actually tap into and see we've been praying to open our eyes and i'm talking with seeing with the eyes of our hearts where we see that god is love now you might have it up here but i'm talking about where your heart encounters who he is as love amen And you can't separate the love of God from the authority of God. Because everything that flows from God, the whole created order was birthed out of love by His authority. Do you get that? Everything, powers, principality, everything that exists, everything that lives, moves, has its being. Everybody take a big deep breath. Okay, you just took that breath because God said it was okay that you do that. Do you get that? You, you woke up this morning because God continues to say it's really good that you're alive right now. Come on, let it land. And that's with joy in his heart. But it says he upholds all things by his word, his authority, right? Everything, the creation, the created worlds, everything is held together by his word. And he continues, a lot of times we look at it as, yeah, he created it. But then somehow there's a breakdown and we don't see. He continues to hold all things together. He continues to hold you together. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad he's holding me together. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> and so, but in order to understand this, like, because we're not going to wrap our hearts around. This is what he was speaking to my, we're not going to wrap our hearts around biblical submission. We won't have the courage to do it unless we have the revelation of his love, his authority, 
And here's the greatest revelation. I believe that this is the greatest revelation that the church is going to move into in this season. How many actually want to hear it? Okay, a few of you. So I'll just wait. You guys hang around until after service, and then I'll share it with you. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Come on. The greatest revelation that is going to come to the church. Some would say the love of God. Arguably, I, I could say, yeah, that's... But here's the deal. You would not see and nor will you encounter the love of God until you see the humility of God. Until you understand that the one who created and holds all things together is first humble. A lot of us don't think that way. Psalm 113 says that God, he actually has to humble himself just to behold things in the heavens and the earth. He stoops down. And it's not begrudgingly, but it's with great joy as a loving father. Humility is at work and he stoops down. How many of you in here, God stooped down into your broken world and rescued you? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had to humble himself. That was humility of God. The humility of God himself, his person, that broke into your brokenness so that he could heal, restore, and ultimately restore what was lost. Well, what was lost? Well, I'm so glad you asked. What was lost in the fall was true, pure, unbroken humility in the earth. At the fall, humility left the planet. What came in? Come on, answer me. Pride. So it's the exact opposite, isn't it? And pride has been the darkness over this planet and over generation after generation after generation, deeper and deeper darkness has increased. And it's pride and it blinds us to the beauty of who God is as the humble king. And I would like to suggest to us is that Jesus came for this one purpose. Come on. I think some of you can finish this quote. Jesus came to... I can't hear you. Anybody else? Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. The powers of darkness. That's what he came for. That's what the Bible says. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. What's the key? How is he going to do that? This is what Jesus did. He came bringing humility back to the planet. Amen. I'm telling you, church, this is going to be the revelation that unlocks so many hearts. This is going to be the light, the revelation 
that brings us a, it's going to cause a great jailbreak in this generation is when we encounter the humility of the Father sending His Son. You think about it, Jesus' life and what He lived. You can, I challenge you to go through the Gospels, okay? I challenge you to go through the Gospels and see what did Jesus teach the most? What did he model? What did he live? What did he manifest the most? And I'm telling you, it's humility. If you will approach the scripture to discover the humility of Christ, even his entrance, it says he had to humble himself to take on flesh to become one of us. I mean, we just have that in our head. God came down, became flesh, and it's like, yeah, of course he did. And it's like, do we understand by revelation what took place there? The fact that he stooped down, the fact that he even noticed us. I like to, I used to joke with my kids, we're like a speck upon a speck upon the back of a warthog's butt. You know, like we're, we're so small. We're so small. Like if you just take a look at creation, the things that we have now to see the planets, the universe, we can't even wrap, begin to wrap our heads around it. But oh yeah, God became flesh. So the one who created, the star-breathing God, created all things, decided it was worth it to stoop down out of his glory Jesus exercising humility he didn't just become humble down here the father and him always were always will be humble and that's why he resists the proud I can't have union relationship with pride but I'm going to make a way so that you can come back into relationship with me. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is humility. On the authority of the scripture, the only way that we're going to be able to have relationship once again with the Father is humility. And His humility was already at work before you were even created. The Father, in His humility, asked His Son to come and Jesus in his humility said I will and submitted to the Father's will before he even touched the planet he submitted to the Father's will you know I love the argument I think it's Matthew 20 where the disciples they're arguing and they're saying who you know uh, actually I love the courage of them they get their mom to approach Jesus Mom, can you go for us? Can you ask him if we can sit on the left and the right? You know, it's like, oh, my boys. You know, so they come and it's like asking Jesus, can either of my sons sit on the left and on the right? And he's saying, this is what he says. Think about this. That's not mine to give. 
talking the Son of God. And he says, the Father's prepared those seats already for somebody. I don't know. It's not for me to give away. It, it, it just shows, it reveals his submission to the authority of the Father. Jesus again and again, specifically through the Gospel of John, I encourage you to get into the Gospel of John, yeah. again and again and again, I've come to do my Father's will. The Son of Man can do nothing on His own. Was that true? No, He could. He just said, I will not. I will not operate self-serving. I will not operate and go off and do these things on my own. But I'm submitted to the Father's will in my life because I trust Him. I love Him. He loves me even more. And this is what the Father is like. Jesus said again, if you've seen me, you've, you've seen the Father. Like, do we believe that? The beauty of Christ came to the earth to reveal to us what we were originally created for. And I get it, you know, a lot of the, you know, church out there is just like, rah, rah, you know, it's kingdom authority, kingdom, you know, authority, authority, authority seems to be the trumpet that's sounding. And I would like to suggest we've missed a step. Because I'll just be honest, this is just my two cents worth. I feel like we've seen little authority compared to what we're about to see. But that authority is going to rest upon humility. Why? So it doesn't destroy you and I. And it's the way of the kingdom. Jesus was literally modeling for us. This is what love looks like. This is what the Father looks like. That He's first humble. This is what He's like. He's come, Jesus said, I've come not to be served. I didn't come to this planet so that you would serve me. I came to wash your feet. I've come to break the power of pride from within you. I've come to break it off and deliver you from pride. That's not a condemning word. That's a freeing, liberating word. He says, I come to break it off of your life. I don't have pride. That's because you're blind. Pride blinds a person. And he's come to do it for each one of us. We need pride to be dismantled, overthrown, and quite frankly, it needs to be crucified with Christ. So that the beauty and the fragrance of Christ can be manifest in and through our lives. So that real authority can rest upon our frames. Come on, has anybody 
have had, you've had glimpses where God's authority came on your life. You've seen somebody healed. You've seen somebody delivered, set free. Come on, anybody lift up your hand. Come on. But glimpses, right? Glimpses. It's nowhere compared to where he wants to take us. And I believe we're on the right track, and I'm going to share this dream now because I believe it's the Lord speaking courage to our hearts and the journey, the, the trajectory that we're on. And, uh, and I want to say, I'm just trying to hold on to the hem of his garment, honestly. You know what I mean? Like, like honestly, I'm standing before you. Yeah, some things I know, but there's a lot I don't know. Like, I, my heart is exploding in learning who Christ is in this season, and I don't want it to stop. I want to be forever fascinated with the beauty of who He is. I want to be forever locked in, gazing upon His glory, His beauty, His majesty. I want to be transformed by what I'm seeing in Him. And I believe that humility is the key. You know, if you've been here any time, you know I've shared a dream in the past where the Lord gave me through Cindy Jacobs in this dream and told me humility humility is the key three times in a row. And I knew from the dream I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. But I knew because the Lord said it three times, it's like, you better get this. <laughs> you know, son, you better pay attention. And so been on this journey in this dream a few nights back I was in the river and probably about waist deep somewhere around there and well I'll pause for a second you'll know in the past season we've been talking about three powers principalities that I believe we've been dealing with as a nation other nations may be dealing with the same thing or some different powers at work. But three of the powers that have been at work, and if you're wondering, well, what the heck is a power or principality? Just look at Ephesians 6. It gives you the breakdown of the hierarchy of the powers of darkness. But they're powers. It's not just a demon. It's powers operating in the second heavens. And uh, in its, Paul says, it's, this is what we wrestle with. And what I would like to suggest is these things, we wrestle with them they have influence in our lives and in our hearts and in our thinking because we have things we need to be detoxed from. We have, we've given access, and a lot of us without even understanding, we've given access for those things to influence us. But I believe right now we're moving into the season of a jailbreak for the church. I really believe it. And... Uh, so that being said, there were three powers. And the first one was Python. Second one was the spirit of Jezebel. And the third was Leviathan. Those were the three things that we've dealt with. And as somebody who's, you know, just in the nation has functioned in this place of an intercession, prophetic intercession, and hearing the heart of God over Canada, I, I know for a fact these are the things we've been wrestling with. But in this dream, I'm in the river and a massive, I would guess, maybe without embellishing, maybe a 40-foot python rises up in front of me. <clears throat> and I pull out the sword. And it was just a little sword. It was a short sword. But I pull out the sword and I 
take its head off. Everybody say, yay, Jesus. But what happened with that is I saw immediately afterwards, there's another python, even larger, and it's as if its head was over there against the wall, and then it's, it went this way around a great big rock, and its tail came near me. And so the tail is there, and I see it, and it's trying, it's looking for an opportune time to strike me. That's what it's looking for. I know it's watching me. So I grab its tail. Okay, if somebody tells you a tale, what are they telling you? A lie, okay? So think about what we've been going after. Strongholds, we've been going after lies. We, you know, these are the things we've been going So I lay hold of its tail and I start pulling it towards me till it, it realizes it's being taken hold of and it rises up, it's no longer hidden. And it comes down and I put my arm up like this and it strikes my right arm. The right arm speaks of your authority. It attacks my authority. But with the other hand, I take the short sword and I whew, cut its head off. You know, and then, it, and then it drops. Yeah, I get an amen back there. Come on. Yes. And so just when you think it's over, I look over and about 30 feet away, now there's this large alligator coming my way. China. I, anyway, it's coming my way. And I know in this dream, I, I'm, in, I'm just perfect peace. I'm not scared in this dream. Like it's like, the Lord's peace is on me. His grace is on me. And I just and I just said, I'm just going to be patient and I'm going to wait till it gets right in front of me. And then it gets right in front of me. But this time when I pull the sword, it's a massive sword. And I thrust it down through its skull and pin it to the floor of the water like a, uh, underneath. And then I wake up out of that and I just... I understand that the Lord is saying what you're going after in this season. The first one was the spirit of Python. The second one was Jezebel striking, going after the authority in the church. Okay. And the third one was the spirit of Leviathan. Do you guys remember when we addressed that some weeks back corporately? And so... The Lord is bringing great courage to our hearts. And he's saying, you are called to overcome this. So it's a picture for me specifically, for sure. But it's not just about me because my name actually means church. Kirk means church. So this is the church moving in victory and overcoming these powers, learning how to overcome these powers. Somebody say amen. Come on. Come on, come on. It's, it's time. It's time. You know, and so we're moving into a time where he's increasing authority upon us because what we've been doing, whether we've spoken it or not, we've been positioning our hearts as a community in humility. And we're saying, God, would you deal with these things in my heart? I'm not okay with half-hearted, you know, religion. Come on, can I get a witness? Anybody here? It's like, like I, I need you, Lord. I'm asking you, Lord, would you uproot lawlessness from my heart? Would you remove the effects of it in my heart?
Would you remove the strongholds in my life? And he says, I'll totally take you up on that. And by the way, as you're going and positioning your heart in this way before me, I'm going before you and I'm releasing a greater dimension of authority upon your life because now you'll be able to be trusted with that kind of authority to deal with these things. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's good news. It's good news. You know, we've touched on this before is Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1 talks about Jesus and his, you know, God and his authority upholding all things by the power of his word. But he's, you know, it says he loved righteousness, but he hated what? He hated wickedness. You know, he loves righteousness and hates wickedness. And that's a quote from Psalm 45 that is a messianic prophecy. Psalm 45, it's a messianic prophecy. It is about Jesus. Okay? And, it's, and it says, because you love righteousness and hated wickedness or lawlessness. You could, you could exchange those. But because you love this one, and not just love this one, but you hated the other, you're being anointed with the oil of gladness, of joy, more than any other. That's what the Father says in that, in that prophecy, that messianic prophecy regarding the Son of God. He said, because you love righteousness, you hated wickedness, you're going to be anointed. And it says, ride prosperously, you know, because of truth, humility, and righteousness. Ride prosperously. Gird your sword upon your thigh, almighty one. Ride prosperously because of these things. And I'm telling you, we're moving into a season where it's time to overcome. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to overcome. Yeah. Yeah. It's not okay in this season to remain underneath some things. You know, it's time for us to to learn how to wield the sword and to overcome these things that have tried to afflict us. And it's simply because we haven't come into the level of union which humility brings us into, the level of union where we can be entrusted with the authority that we need to be entrusted with in the season. And so this is where the Father's leading us. It's not us getting it on our own. They, we, we got nothing apart from Him. Amen? Okay, like we, we, we got nothing to fight with apart from Him. I don't. You know, but I know as I humble myself and lean into Him, His authority resting on my life changes. It's a game changer. Changes everything. Suddenly nothing's impossible. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's taking us someplace. He's really taking us someplace. Take a couple minutes to pray right now. Just just pray where you're at. Talk to the Lord about this. I don't, you know, you don't need a talking head. What we need is to hear 
Christ. We need to hear his words of life spoken into our hearts. So Jesus, come now by the power of your spirit. Gain access. We humble ourselves right now. We say gain access to our hearts. has gone out. You who are weary in this season, you who are heavy laden in this season, you who are oppressed in this season, you who have been struggling in this season, maybe even mentally, anxiety, depression, come on. Those things that the enemy would just like to say you should be ashamed This is what the invitation of the Lord is to you today. Those watching online, this is the invitation of the Lord. He says, come to me, you who are struggling right now with these things. And he says, yoke yourself to me. Join yourself to me. And he says this, because I am meek, I'm meek, not weak, I am meek. That means you have power and authority, okay? But it's under control and it's exercised rightly and justly. He says, I'm meek and I'm lowly in heart. I'm humble in heart is what he's saying to his bride, to his people. He's saying, if you're struggling right now in the season, come to me right now. Because I carry all power, all might, and I'm humble in heart, and I will give you rest for your souls. It's hard to give away what you don't have, amen? And the Lord is looking to bring us into this place called rest. Come and yoke yourself to me. And he says, learn me. Learn me. And he says, these these are the revelations I want you to learn. I'm meek and I'm humble. And he's saying, this is what my father is like. Let your orphan heart choose to trust me to love you back to life. It's safe to come to me and let me into your world once again. I'm not looking to lord over you. I'm looking to love you to life is what he's saying. I'm looking to bring you into union and fellowship with me.
Was there somebody that was going to help out with the uh, communion? Yeah, if we could, we're going to pass out communion right now. The original intent in the heart of God, what you were, you were born out of love. His intent, the thought of his heart and mind, humility, love gave birth to you and said, you were created to be one with me, to be like me. This is what you were created for. And what the enemy brought in was just the opposite. So, I would like to suggest to you that this is the greatest level of spiritual warfare that you could do. The Lord spoke to me, He said, it's the hammer of humility. A lot of us have a perception, humility means I have to be weak. Humility in the kingdom means you get endued with power and authority from on high and strength to smash pride in your life, to smash and oppose and resist powers that have tried to influence you and hold each one of us into bondage. This is the sword taken off the head. This is the sword in the head. This is the hammer coming down on the enemy. Whose, his plan is really simple. It's to destroy your life. That's, that's what he lives and breathes to do. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the full. Amen? Come on. He's raising up overcomers. In the book of Revelation, the first couple chapters, it's to he who overcomes, I will give. To he who overcomes, I will give. To he who overcomes, I will give. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are called to overcome. You have to hear my heart in this. is because I don't get you to do that to be cute. I really don't. It's like... I get you to speak it because there's power in your agreement. There's authority in your agreement. And you're speaking it over, us speaking it over one another. We're agreeing with the heart of God over one another. We're saying, yes, God. It's time for freedom. It's time to smash the enemy by choosing humility and drawing closer and nearer to the heart of God. It's time to see Him rightly. Oh, if we could see Him rightly. Anybody who's ever come close to seeing Him, seeing God in the Scriptures, fell on their face. You know, Revelation, John, the Apostle, he turns around to hear the voice that spoke to him, and he falls like a dead man. This is a one who not long before, he leaned on the breasts of Jesus, 
He thought he knew Jesus. Come on, some of you need to hear this. He thought he knew Jesus, and he did. About this much. And he really loved Jesus with what he understood. He loved this much that he saw. You know, and he knew Jesus loved him. I'm the disciple in whom Jesus loves. Like, I'm really? I mean, he, he likes him, but he really loves me. He, he, he walked in a confidence. And yet, when he saw Jesus in his glorified state, he fell down, it says, like a dead man. People who had real angelic encounters throughout the scriptures, yeah, they felt like dead people too. That's the authority that is resting. You know, an angel comes out of the presence of God, walks through the camp, and it's like 160, whatever thousand are slain of the enemy just by walking through the camp. Why? Because authority rested upon him. He just came out of the presence of God. Come on, authority comes with humility. It rests upon, it looks, the authority of God looks for humility so that the authority can rest upon. You know God wants to place authority upon you, right? He wants you functioning in great authority. He says it's a father's good pleasure to give you and I the kingdom. It's his joy. It's his delight to give us the kingdom. He says, just learn me. Learn humility. Learn me. And this can rest upon you. I tell you, I love the, the, the little glimpses that I've had of the authority of God. You know where... Your face is in the ground and you're shaking and you're wondering if you're going to live like that kind of authority when his presence and those encounters where you, you literally think you're going to die because holy just stepped into the room and you suddenly in a moment realize he's God and I'm not. Yeah? I love the fear of the Lord is humility. I love the fear of the Lord. I love the awe and wonder of who he is as person. But what has won my heart forever, why I will gladly give my life to follow him, is because of the beauty of his humility. I get to walk with my king, a king like this, who has all power, all authority. But here, this is what he says, this is what I'm most, I'm humble. I'm meek and I'm humble. This is who I am forever to you. Can we allow that to gain entrance into our hearts? Jesus, we want to say we're so grateful 
God, would you open up in this hour of history, unlock by your Spirit the beauty of your humility, that you are meek, all-powerful, and that you are humble in heart, and that you came for this purpose to restore us back to humility, to restore humility back to this uh, pride-filled planet, to restore all things, to turn orphans into sons and daughters. We want to say we're grateful and we're asking God greater dimensions of the glory and the beauty of your humility We say we want to be like you, Jesus. This is our heart cry. This is our desire to be like you, Jesus. To be mature sons and daughters, walking, moving in the beauty of your love and humility with authority resting upon our frames, God, to set the captives free, to break the powers of darkness, God, to open up the eyes of the blind, to see the dead raised, to see the leper cleansed, God. God, this is the hour of history, God, that is being unleashed upon us. God, we're saying prepare us even now. We agree with the dream that you're giving us wisdom and revelation and understanding of how to overcome. You're saying you're on track. We say, Lord, continue in your grace to lead us, each one of us, as a community. And we say, Jesus, we remember your body that was broken for us. Let's take the bread. Jesus, we want to say as the bride of Christ is that we treasure, acknowledge before heaven, before the Father. We say we acknowledge and we treasure every drop of blood that poured out of your body, O Lamb of God, to wash us and to cleanse us and to purge us of our pride to break the power of it in our lives, to wash us and cleanse us of our sin. We thank you for the power of the blood of Christ. Let's take the cup. take 30 seconds right now talk to him and thank him I'm telling you thanksgiving opens up the gates a thankful heart prepares the way amen thank you father
Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. To find more teaching resources or to join us via live stream, visit our website at eastgatehouseofprayer.ca.